welcome back to episode two of this season of My Disney Life. I'm still Nick because I'm the host and producer and music maker and everything else. So if you don't like the intro or the outro, blame me. That's my work. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this episode, I was joined by Paul Danan, who uh, most of you will be familiar with his work on things like Hollyoaks and also his work in reality TV. He is a good friend of the 1129 media family, and I was delighted that he wanted to take some time to talk to me. Um, I didn't know Paul prior to this interview, and um, I wasn't sure what to, to really expect, but he was an absolute delight, and I hope this comes across in the following episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Paul Danan. I'm here with Paul Danan. Paul, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Nick. I really appreciate it. And um, what an interesting subject. I mean, you know, uh, growing up over the years, kind of enjoying Disney films and, um, you know, being kind of part of that, uh, yeah, that, that 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 brand that builds and builds and just keeps giving us uh, entertainment. It's phenomenal. So great idea to do a podcast about it all. Well, you know very much about podcasts yourself. I mean, obviously, uh, I think a lot of people will know you from uh, starring in Hollyoaks yeah. um, for a number of years. And I, I was looking at your, your IMDb and your Wikipedia and, you know, you've done TV work, you've done stage work. Um, yeah. The presenting obviously as well reality tv was a big thing for you um yeah. it, it, the only thing that i don't see is singing do you not sing it sounds no, like you're only missing i mean you missed out films I, I'm, i've done a lot of films um and that is my passion really is, is movies but um i've uh done singing when i've had to which is more kind of like panto or i was in the uh talia conti choir uh, when i was at drama school and we performed at the royal variety performance in 1994 with uh take that and uh, it was a tribute tribute to Bernard Delphon and yeah we rehearsed um you know there at the uh Palais uh, no where, where was it um uh the theatre in Tottenham Court Road where they had oh, um Dominion Dominion Theatre Dominion thank you the Dominion Theatre yeah and uh that 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 was such an amazing experience so uh, yeah and the choir for me was was a really good thing and you know there's been a lot of plays that I've done and, and musicals. I, I grew up doing musicals, uh, Oklahoma, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Um, uh, I, I did a bit of Bugsy, a bit of Les Mis here and there, like, and, and, and um, you know, we had to sing and all those. So, cause when you go to drama school, like it, it, I did a performing arts diploma. So it was um, a degree in that. And it was, an all, you had to be an all rounder. So it's very musical theater based. And um, obviously you learn a lot of the, 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 the musicals um, and get to really kind of have a lot of singing lessons and stuff. And I was in a boy band as well. So um, 
back in the day called Escape. And we did really well, but then I got Hollyoaks and I had to leave it. So, but I was the rapper. So, I, you know, I, I did all the BVs, like the backing vocals and stuff, but I I, I was the, 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 the rapper of the group. So I suppose, yeah, rapping has been more like my forte. Wow. So the record contract should be happening any time then? Yeah, I mean, I did get offered a record contract when I was in Hollyoaks, and I was gonna. I was, it was it was with Arista Records, and it was all you know going to happen. But then in the end, I just knew that you know I wanted to uh, I wanted to act. I wanted to stay in Hollyoaks and 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 fulfil that really. So it, it, in the end, it, it it didn't happen. And I think the people that got the record contract were um, another level instead of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was Nick Raphael, the the AR guy. And um yeah, I mean I was a little bit kind of gutted that I didn't do it, but do you know what? Like, mate, you know, your journey's your journey, isn't it? Yeah, and you've had quite quite the journey. Um and of course, uh, as I mentioned, you you're now kind of into podcasts. You've been doing your podcast yeah. now for a few years. So do you want to tell people about years. that? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Um, you know, I've had struggles around ADHD and addiction um, and, um, you know, and proud to be in recovery and have been for a while now. And I felt that it was good to kind of talk about that and talk about back in the day, what it was like. I mean, I had my, you know, um, Instagram account, Paul Denan official, Denanagram, which is hilarious. It's the um, um, parody account, which is looking back at those times, those crazy times. And um, yeah, that that is amazing. I worked with two other, uh, three other guys and one of them, the, the main writer. And, you know, it's, it's phenomenal and it's really taking the piss out of the carnage that was back in the noughties and the nineties. And the podcast kind of talks about those stories, but then it's kind of progressed into more about mental health and the arts and how, you know, I didn't get maybe the guidance and and, and awareness around fame, money, uh, you know, and, and that kind of direction that maybe, you know, I needed at the time and was unaware that I even had any kind of addictive personality and stuff. Um, just thought that anything I liked, I wanted more of. And and it kind of, you know, catches up with you. And um, I think it's really good to bring my story and bring awareness to try and help others through um, addiction and, and uh, mental health stuff. And finding out I was ADHD, which kind of made a lot of sense, really kind of made, yeah, yeah, helped me to understand why I then reached for uh, a substance or whatever to kind of numb those feelings. And, uh, you know, inevitably it never goes right. You know, it starts off social and fun, but then it becomes a bit of a nightmare. So, uh, the, you know, me and Mark, like my producer from 1129 Media that, that we both work for, he, he um, you know, really is great because he gets a lot out of me without even saying much. And that's not hard. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great. We help a lot of people. The podcast does really well. It's called The Morning After with Paul Denan. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful to be able to do it and to be able to kind of, you know, even if I can help a few people, it's, it's worth it. No, it's it's really great um, that you do that. And you're using your experience, as you say, in a way to, um, you know, maybe highlight some of the things that other people might be feeling. Because one thing, especially with with men, 
is that we've not always been the best at being open and honest about our own feelings and and the way exactly. that we do things. And so by by using your platform as a way of of getting that message out there, I think is is really uh, positive. Yeah. So that's really great work. Yeah, and and especially now it's less taboo. Uh, mental health is quite a big deal you know we've had a lot of suicides the Caroline Flack stuff and all of that and it's been very sad Keith Flint you know and it's mental health and the arts the arts is like because we escape with 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 acting and singing and and you know performing it we can become someone else and we can kind of go into that world of escapism and it's great but actually the 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 um when you're on your own and that you know you're that you're not doing that and distracted with that it sometimes can be quite painful and lonely and i think people yeah should talk about it and men especially that um that find it hard to talk because you've got to be a bloke and you can't seem to like share your feelings it's all bollocks you know it's good to to let it out and dump that stuff you know because yeah we need to um and the world is more acceptable to that and it's now you know in the medical dictionary as a disease addiction you know it's not like we're just greedy or or, or just uh naughty genuinely it's an illness just like diabetes um and um so it's been taken more seriously which is a good thing and i think there's less judgment um and i think that's really uh, important um but it's still a long way to go you know yeah no absolutely um so we've we've kind of had like a um not the, the most upbeat of starts to the show but that's yeah. fine that's how we go so hopefully uh when we come on to the questions um that will start to cheer things up yeah. a bit so but it's important stuff oh absolutely and that's why i wanted to, to talk about it on at the outset because i think i'm glad you did yeah no i, I it is it's it's you know i've got a, a child with with autism i didn't know much about autism um i'm it's very likely i'm on the spectrum myself getting a diagnosis as an adult is incredibly hard um and i've talked about that on on other podcasts as well but i think anyone if you if you've got any kind of platform no matter what size of, of audience mm. you get i think honest open transparency i think they're all really positive things that you mm. are empowered to to have the ability to do so i think it is yeah. Because uh, I live thinking judgment, people are going to think, oh, you know, what they're going to think. But actually, the, the most amazing thing is actually being open and honest about what's going on. And, you know, autism is similar to, I suppose, ADHD in a way and Asperger's yeah. and this, that and the other. But what's great is that we can access it like this and be creative and use it for its good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I gave you a list of questions. I didn't, uh, I, as I do with all my guests, I don't like to to have the answers uh, ahead of time. So I want to be able to react to these as, as you kind of uh, give me your answers. But the first question I had for you is, what is your first Disney memory? Oh, that's a good one. Dumbo. Dumbo? Yeah. Yeah? Was that, was yeah. that watching it at home? Or was that watching it at the cinema? I think it was at home, like on a really kind of black and white TV, probably. And um, yeah, it was really sad with Dumbo. We had to go to the circus and, and then I got put in that kind of like wooden cage type. Oh, God, very sad. Yeah, I really, uh, you know, I remember Dumbo, uh, Dumbo the elephant. I don't know why that came to my mind, but yeah, and uh, but a great. A great original, a great film, and um, you know, I mean, you you mentioned that we could talk about Star Wars. Uh, that that was the cinema. That the original Star Wars for me was 
you know, oh, wow, that blew my mind. So maybe that was before. I don't know. Yeah. Dumbo is a film. So I remember watching that quite young and um, it used to scare me. I think, um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you remember like the bit at the beginning, there's like a lot of rain and, and workmen mm. kind of like fixing tents and, that's what it's, I remember. It's not really, it's not really scary when you watch it no. as an adult, but as a child, like it was quite. I don't, I don't mm. know if it was, but it was. I always find it quite there scary. Was that a lot of things on the sun. Feel, yeah. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. No, Dumbo is. It's uh, in some ways it's, a great first memory. Yeah. Is that the first time you've heard about Dumbo? No one mentioned that. I don't think anyone has actually. Like I, th- I think. I think we talked about the live action one. I think we talked about the live action one with someone, okay. but but not the not the original, which is obviously still the best. Right, so the next question I've got for you is, um, what is your favourite Disney character? Um, Nemo. Nemo? Yeah. Great choice. Well, I mean, the, the film itself, but Bruce the Shark <laughs> is probably, you know, I mean, and then, you know, and then uh, what's his name? The turtle, the little dude. Oh, um, Crush is the yeah, the, Crush. Big, the big turtle. I can't remember what the I think the, the baby's called Squirt, but yeah, definitely yeah. Crush. Yeah, Crush has got it together. I mean, they're amazing, but the whole kind of yeah, that scene with Bruce and um, you know, and 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 his friends, you know, in the AA meeting or the whatever, it's just it is just you know absolute golden, and. Um, I just think it's brilliant and uh I love that film so much. Nemo is like finding Nemo is 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 phenomenal. I don't think finding Dory is as good, but it was just yeah, you know, and shark bait and, and just all of them. I mean, it was just I, you know, I couldn't believe how much I could love a film and watch it again and again and again. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. When I first saw it at the cinema, um I was like, oh, I went in thinking, oh, it's a film about fish. How good is it going to be? And I ended up really, really loving it. The way it's filmed, the way it's, you know, the colours, the, 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 just the, everything, the way it's shot and the, the, the characters. I mean, it just was so original. Yes. Yeah, it, it still is my favourite Disney movie. Do you, know, um, do you know who did the voice of Bruce? No. It's Barry Humphreys, who is is probably known better for being Damon the Everage. Oh, right, Barry Humphreys, yeah. Oh, wow, brilliant. Yeah. Great. Keep <laughs> it in-house, keep it in the country, like it. <laughs> well, in England, I mean, I know it's probably filmed in America, but yeah. It's set in Australia, though, so you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, set in Australia, Sydney, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right then. The meeting has officially come to order. Let us all say the pledge. I now a nice shark, not a mindless eating machine. If I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends, 
not food. Except stinking dolphins. Dolphins? Yeah, they think they're so cute. Oh, look at me, I'm a flippin' little dolphin. Let me flip for you, ain't not something. Right then, today's meeting is step five. Bring a fish friend. Now, do you all have your friends? Got mine. Okay, so the next question I've got for you is, do you have a favourite Disney villain or sidekick? Um... Is Annie Disney? I think Disney Disney did make a a TV movie of Annie. Yeah, so not not the original the original film. I don't think was Disney, but Disney okay. have made Annie. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, because there's either you know 101 Dalmatians, because that is was all around that era when I watched my first kind of Disney movies. I think that that dark character was brilliant. Um, the, the 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 lady, um, uh, Corona de Ville, Corona de Ville, and but I also love Miss Hannigan, you know. I think I want to go with Miss Hannigan if that's all right. You can go with whatever you want, yeah. yeah. Like, it, even though it wasn't maybe originally Disney, but Annie just, I mean, what a film, and and the original, and Miss Hannigan was just brilliant, you know, such a great character. You know, the way she just drank in the bath and just the, 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 the way she treated the girls, but she actually really loved them and was so lonely and desperate for a man. And, de- you know, I just I just think there's there so many layers to that character. And that's what makes a good villain. It's not having somebody who's just bad for the sake of being no. bad. It's 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 why they they are like they are, how yeah. they're wired and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I really do. So I'd like to go with that one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. My mama. out of my way! In the name of the United States government, I command you to halt. Well, if it isn't the Mudges. Or should I say, Miss Agatha Hannigan and Daniel Francis Hannigan, also known as Rooster Hannigan, also known as... Okay, so the next question I've got for you is, which Disney film would you have liked to have been a part of, and that's either by acting in it or by being a character in that world? Um, I think I would like to have been a part of um, Star Wars. You know, um, like I know uh, he's a friend of mine, quite a good friend um, who played Darth Maul. Um, His name's Ray Parks. And um, he, the way he described what it was like on set, I mean, he's a Shaolin expert. He had the double lightsaber and... um, he taught Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, you know, all the uh, the choreography of the fighting with the lightsaber and stuff. And he does all the flips and stuff. And, um, you know, like, oh, man, it, it just is it just like, yeah, to be in that, to hold a lightsaber myself. I want a blue one as well. So sorry, Luke. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, it would have to. I'll, I would, maybe I'll go more like mint green. But um <laughs> But uh, or like turquoise, but but basically, yeah, that for me is just the ultimate film. Um, I just love Star Wars. I think it is just brilliant, and uh, I I would have liked to have played like you know one of the one of the action heroes in that. Would you have been um, a Jedi, or would you have been part of the Sith? Do you think? No Jedi. Yeah. 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 
I don't like this. No, it's too dark for me that side. <laughs> Ray Park though is incredible. Like I've I've seen him do uh, demonstrations um, at conventions and stuff like that, where you know he'll get given a lightsaber and he'll just yeah. start spinning oh, it yeah. around and then flipping around, and he's yeah. just incredible to watch. He's incredible. Oh, so you've seen? Yeah, I mean he does all the conventions and stuff. I mean we we live to well we live together. We we when I lived in LA. Um, we were together over there for, for a good year or so. I was there for three years, but he was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. We, we, we went up for auditions together and we became very close and, um, and hung out a lot. And he showed me a lot of his skills, you know, flipping in the air and, oh man, I was so impressed with it all. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was also, um, Toad in X-Men. Yes. Yeah. And I was going to say, actually, that I think the best thing about Ray Park is that, he could walk down the street and no you wouldn't know who he was. Yeah. Because every time, every character he's played, he was, I think he was in G.I. Joe as well. Right. He in G.I. Joe. But, but every time he plays a character, he's always, you know, got either makeup, heavy makeup on or a helmet or a mask. So you never well, yeah. really see his face. And that's the thing, you know, which is a shame because he didn't want that. He wanted to come and be the new, you know, um, Jason Statham, the new kind of, you right. know, the, and and he found it very hard to get those roles because um, he had all the skills to be the action kind of you know the fighting guy, but um, they just maybe just didn't go for for him as the front man you know as that person, but more as the baddie or the fighter or the yeah. You know, so it's more in a way like a stunt man type. Uh, uh, roles and um, but I think yeah he was trying to break that that mould and, and, and become but it's difficult you know it's very competitive yeah no, absolutely but no uh, being becoming a Jedi with your own oh, coloured lightsaber sounds amazing yeah yeah and Ray like you know I mean he, I, I gotta say he does so well with the Star Wars stuff you know it, it, it forever be uh, you know that character who has a double lightsaber I mean you know I still that's, remember that's the first genius. The first time um, they released the trailer, and I used to have, you know, obviously when like the internet was still relatively new, and I remember waiting for two over two hours for the trailer to download onto my computer really? so I could watch it, and seeing that double lightsaber extend for oh, the first time blew, blew my mind. mind. Yeah, oh. and the music of the Phantom of Mess. Oh. That music was the best music they've ever had. Yeah. Well, bar the first one, but the music. No, no, I, I yeah. would, I would actually say yeah. that the music in the fans. I'm not a huge fan of the Phantom Mess as a whole film, right. but Darth Maul as a character, oh, it was those incredible. fight scenes and that music yeah. is so iconic. Yeah, um, I just, I get, I get actually getting like excited just thinking about it. It's <laughs> the build-up is so brilliant, and that is exactly why Star Wars is so important to so many people because yeah. it does give you those, or it gives yeah. certain people those feels, you know. Yeah. So the next question I've got for you is, do you have a favourite song from a Disney film? Um, 
God, this is a bit like, you're going to call me a bit of a wuss, but um, I think A Whole New World. It's a very, it's a popular choice. I, men and women love that. And I think, I'm not, I, I don't know the science behind why it's so popular, but for me, I think with Aladdin, it was, it was still about a princess, really. But because the main character was male, I think it appealed to both boys and girls mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of Disney films didn't, song. did it? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's such a, it's a really like, it gets you. It's a great, great song. So, yeah, and I've, you know, done, uh, did I do that in Panto Aladdin? Yeah, I think so. I think I think I did Aladdin once and and, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, there's, there's so many good songs, but that comes to mind. Have you seen the uh, the live action version of Aladdin? No, it's it's good. I I, yeah. I think it's really good. It's directed by Guy Ritchie, which is quite bizarre because wow. you don't associate oh, yeah. Guy Ritchie with those kind of films, yeah. do you? Really? Can but... you still see it? Uh, yeah, it's on uh, it's on like Disney Plus and stuff. Yeah, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, that's All good. Right. But yeah, whole new world, fantastic choice. This is the one that stumps a lot of people, really. What's your favourite Disney movie? Finding Nemo. Yeah? Just, just like that? Just just as yeah. quick as that? I mean, it really is. I've got to say, like, no Disney movie, as much as Star Wars, yeah, of course, blew my mind, especially Return of the Jedi. Um, I mean, that, yeah, that's some, that's up there, but... but you know, I've got to say Finding Nemo was just something so original and so clever and for adults as well as children and beautiful to watch from start to finish. There was not one bit in it that I don't like. And usually there's a, you know, in all films, it's like, oh, this bit. Drags a little bit or... And and you mentioned earlier Finding Dory and I remember going to see Finding Dory and... So excited for it. Yeah, and I mean, and and it's fine. Like, it's not a bad film, but at the same time, it's also, as you say, it it had a very high benchmark mm. to hit with Finding Nemo, yeah. and it just didn't quite get there. But it's still, it's still good. I can still watch still it. But yeah, it's like Coldplay's first album. You're never gonna beat it. Yeah, it's like Pearl Jam's first album. You're never gonna beat it. Like once that first bench, that first album, you just think there's nothing ever quite touching that. And the second album is good, but it's not quite. Yeah, the same. It's not quite ten. It's not quite you know uh, whatever the uh, Coldplay's was. I can't think, but you know. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to a Disney theme park? Oh, yes. I've been to a Disney theme park. When I was a kid, I went to, um, uh, flew to Singapore, Australia and America and um, all in one holiday. And it was phenomenal. We were taken out of school and I couldn't believe my parents did this for us, but it was the best. And we got to um, spend a long time in Australia and a few weeks in Singapore and then ended in California and went to Disneyland. And um, that was awesome um 
And I think it was, I still kind of vividly remember it. And I just, I had such a good time and it was so blown away. It was the right age to go. I think I was about five. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was just brilliant. And, and even at night, I remember like just the parade and, you know, seeing Mickey and Minnie and yeah, it was, it was really something spectacular. And then uh, years later, I, I went and actually um, filmed at the, um, uh, for BBC Live and Kicking, I went and done the red carpet. I was filming for Live and Kicking, interviewing guests that were because uh, the opening of the Hard Rock Cafe Hotel in Florida, and um, there was the um, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, with Jaws and stuff. Universal, Universal Studios. Universal Studios, yeah. which is awesome, by the way. Jaws, oh my God. I mean, I did that in LA, actually. We went to Universal Studios as well, and I was never been so scared in my life. So to do it when I was an adult, <laughs> you know, was pretty fun as well. But I never got to go to Disney World, and that was a shame. And I, I, I've got a little boy, he's five now, and my dream is to take him to Disney World to go, to go big. You know, yeah. my, my auntie lives in Paris. I've been to Euro Disney quite a few times. Um, but it just doesn't touch Disneyland. So I can't imagine how incredible Disney World is, the original. Yeah. Have and you that, been? I've not been to Disneyland. Um, I've been to Disney no, World. To Disney World. Yeah, I've been to Disney World a few times. And it's, I remember going there for the first time because my wife had been there as a child. I'd never gone there. I'd been to uh, Disneyland Paris and stuff. But um, and I remember driving in there on a on a bus, and um, I was like, "How big is this place?" Because I oh, I knew there were like different worlds and stuff, but when you go, it's it's the size of Manchester, like Disney I World. Bet. The whole the whole no. thing is the size of Manchester. It is ridiculous yeah, in size. So you know, um, in in like Paris, you can walk from one part to the yeah. other and stuff. You have to get buses everywhere in in yeah. Orlando because it's so big. You can't walk yeah. anywhere. It's yeah. Um, yeah. It is, it is quite special. So um, yeah, I can imagine. I think that that, you know, it's originally built, you know, for the purpose, because they didn't know they were going to Disneyland in LA, you know, uh, was, was next. But then Euro Disney, yeah, was like, it's the baby, you know, and it's a lot of Europeans obviously go to Euro Disney. But I think if you're a real Disney fan, you've got to go to the original. Oh, it's the only park. It's the only Disneyland itself is the only park that Walt got to see. Like Disney World was finished after he died, so Disneyland has oh, a lot Disney of special. World was first. No, Disney Disneyland was first. I mean, Disneyland was first yeah, in, yeah. in California, and then yeah. ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So a lot of people like to go to Disneyland because that is mm, the park that Walt well, built. You know. Wow, is it? Yeah. So maybe I'll go there then. Okay. <laughs> Disney World no, I mean, is still like, really good though with, with my little one with the Nero I really want to kind of take him you know to one of them and I'm just trying yeah maybe okay interesting thank you so much Paul for, for coming on and being a guest it's been an absolute treat talking to you but I do have one final question to ask you and that is do you have a Disney memory that means the most to you oh wow um, do I have a Disney memory I've got it. Okay. Star Wars, right? I mean, the Empire Strikes Back is phenomenal, but let's go. Return of the Jedi, when Luke Skywalker flips in the air off the diving board, grabs his, gets the lightsaber, and then 
it doesn't get sucked up by um help me it's a pit it's like um yeah the pit but yeah but that's his mouth what's his name two back no uh oh jabba the hut jabba the hut yeah so that was i mean i was scared man but wow what acrobats there you go, Luke. He blooming did it, did it, and he and he did the flip and got his lightsaber, and then boom, cut, cut, cut. Uh, Princess Leia free. She was chained. That whole sequence is incredible because, as you say, bar, like the... it's, it starts with the flip. So Luke Skywalker flips, and you're like, "What's he doing?" Because he you think he's going to go in his pit and he's going to get Ensign alive, and he does his backflip, and then R2D2 shoots the lightsaber yeah. across the pit, and he catches it, and then he oh. starts kicking ass. And Genius. The, thing, the thing is, like a lot of people don't like Return of the Jedi because of the Ewoks. They feel that uh, Return of the Jedi oh, was a bit best. too fun. And and the thing is, what and I always thought that was weird. I love but the Ewoks. I I honestly think it's the age of us. Right, because we're we're quite similar in age, and I think if we were quite young when Return of the Jedi came out, so if we were born in like the late seventies, early eighties, Return of the Jedi is a really enjoyable film. Mm. People that were adults when Return of the Jedi first came out see it as a bit of a kiddie film. No so, way. Yeah, they do, and so I think, but the, the more people I speak to in like their thirties and forties love Return of the Jedi. And oh, I'm so glad to hear that, you know, that's important to you yeah. as well. That sequence, that bit. And, you know, you know, you think of Gremlins and Gizmo and, you know, and they, the little Ewoks, there was loads of Gizmos everywhere. It was just great. And they were great. And, you know, they, they, they oh, man, they kicked ass and they were like, you know, and those, those things that they, they, they you know, the, they flew on like the drove oh, on. Um, speed bikes, yeah. Speed bike. I want a speed bike, please. Man, it was, uh, you know, quality, greatest memory. Yeah, yeah. And just just, just the whole kind of, um, yeah, the, the relationship between him and Han Solo. And I'll tell you what another memory is that used to scare me, but I loved watching it, is when they, it was it was Han Solo, uh, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia all in that, like like slight, like swirl thing, the snakes, and it took Luke under yeah, in the, in the first the first Star Wars film when they the walls are closing in, the walls are closing in, the and they're in this Star kind of Wars. weird. They, yeah. So there's like a weird kind of like slime pit, and there's these like snake like creatures. You can't see them because they're all under the water, but no. they. But when like, he comes up and he's yeah. trying to breathe, it's wrapped around his neck, and then and then and then Han Solo has to shoot it to get it off of him. Oh my gosh, that's like powerful, man. Yeah. That, is but actually that's probably you know that that is up there with like the most frightening but you know so glad he didn't go under and die and you know oh just you know you don't get films like that anymore no no completely completely agree so wow you really brought me back to my childhood well i'm glad i was able to do that and uh paul it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you and thank you Love very much you. for uh, sharing your disney life with me Thank you so much for having me. God bless. All original content is played for the purposes of discussion and is owned by the copyright holders. All original content is the property of My Disney Life, an After Dark Network production for 1129 Media. All rights reserved. This podcast was brought to you by 1129 Media.